you know, shaving off minutes or time so that I don't have to take quite as long to get to certain places. If I can discover a, a faster route or a bypass, I'm all over that. It, there's just great appeal. And there may be risks sometimes in, in taking shortcuts, um, but it, there's huge appeal for me. In college, my favorite shortcut to take was Highway 154, and uh, it's just by Santa Barbara. When you're heading on the 101 up Santa Barbara, you see a map here. Um, I would see the sign. It would say 154 Lake um, Kachuma. And that was my, like, oh, I'm almost home. Because I lived up in Pismo Beach, and I, I was at school down in Riverside. And so this bypass, if you took the 101 along the coast, which is very pretty, if you're up for a scenic ride, you know, take the 101. But if you're needing to get there quicker, take the 154, I would say. Um, everybody always said, oh, it's a dangerous road. And, you know, there was. There was landslides. There was car accidents. Uh, but I just could not help myself because it shaved 30 minutes off of my trip home. And so I was like, shortcut every time, every time. I knew the curves really well. I knew the turns. I got pulled over once. knew them too well. Um, so I slowed down. But that was my favorite shortcut in college. Then my current shortcut of choice is Highway 76. When you're heading down the 15, you want to get to the beach. I love this road, the 76, Paula Oceanside. It's like a little highway. You could take the 78, but it takes like 20 minutes longer. And so, again, I take the 76. But the risk there is car accidents or trucks. Sometimes you get just stuck. My wife and I one time were stuck. There was a car wreck, and we went venturing into the hills and just took you know, well over an hour later to get back. And just So there's one of the risks. But again, the thought of shaving some time off, man, there's great appeal. Or does anyone have one of these transponders? Anybody? Show of hands, any 91 fast track people here? A couple of people. This is to ride in the express lanes on the 91. This is, you know, another, in a sense, shortcut. You don't have to be gridlocked in the 91 parking lot. You can breeze through that did you know that it that did you know how long that the express lanes are how many miles 10 miles that's it it's just 10 miles but how long can it you know how how much time can it shave off 30 minutes not a lot someone said (laughs) sometimes sometimes 30 minutes sometimes longer it just depends but you know it's just this short period but for some reason we think it's worth it Sometimes the toll's like eight fifty, ten bucks. It's still it's still worth it for some people to just breeze through on the express lane. Why like on your bulletin, why be stuck in this parking lot if you can just kind of fly through on the express lane? Or has anyone ever used one of these to get ahead in line? I have. These are from where? Disneyland. Yeah, these are Disneyland fast passes and you can get through and skip through most of the line without waiting. And if you time it right, you can be working your rides, getting a fast pass, work another ride, go get another fast pass, go wait in some lines that are slower. And then you can just kind of work the park to your advantage and get on all sorts of rides in in a shorter period of time if you know how to use the fast pass strategy. And uh, you can come talk to me about that if you like. But but who wants to wait? Who wants to wait in line? in life when you can skip ahead. If you find a legitimate shortcut, who would want to really wait? And so what we're going to look at this morning is we all have this desire to move ahead in life. And if there's a path to get ahead faster, why not take it? God actually lays out in the Bible what he calls a legitimate shortcut. And it is an attitude called teachability. Teachability is what we're going to be looking at in this series. 
And it's something that if you can understand how to do it and understand how to avoid the opposite and just kind of burning that into our minds, we can move ahead and not be stuck kind of in um, school of hard knocks, just stuck in life, hitting the same uh, barriers, being slowed down with certain things that we really can move faster through. So we're going to apply teachability over the course of this series to three different areas. Um, we're going to look at our work. How does it help us on the job to be teachable? How does it help us in relationships? And then third, in our own spiritual growth, just growing from year to year um, with the Lord. So let's start by defining it. What does it mean to be teachable? You can follow along in the listening guide. Teachable, a teachable person is willing and able to be taught. In the Bible, there are a few different terms that really help us build an understanding of the idea of teachability. And so in the Old Testament, the term in the Old Testament, musar, it's a Hebrew term. It basically means um, chastisement. It's a strong reprimand or it's a rebuke. It's, it's a very strong term. Um, you're warning someone strongly. You're instructing someone, but it's not just like, hey, you should listen. It's a, hey, you really should listen. You're heading down the wrong road. This is a bad idea. Or you're making a mess of things. You need to stop doing what you're doing. In the, in the Old Testament, this idea was, it, the idea was correction that would lead to change. But it was strong correction that would lead to change. In the New Testament, the term in Greek that's used has a different feel about it. It has to do with coaching and training. And still the idea of teachability, but it, it takes a different angle. It's kind of like if you're watching, if you're a coach of a basketball team and one of your players is dribbling and he takes a shot and you go up alongside him and you correct, you pull in his arm or you do something to correct his actual shot, you're, you're coming alongside and you know, you're, you're teaching him something. Some people, some players, some people in life, some of us, we struggle with correction. When someone comes up and says, here, do it this way, I mean, don't tell me what to do. You, who are you? And so we push back on this whole idea. The opposite of teachability is to be unteachable. And here's what unteachability really means. It's in the Bible. It's to be wise in your own eyes. To see no need for instruction. When we're wise in our own eyes, we, we, we don't need anyone else's input. We don't need things like God. You know, we don't need God in our life. We don't need people in our life. We don't need instruction. We certainly don't need advice. And we will not receive correction. We just won't have it. Look at what Proverbs 12.15 says. The way of a fool, it just seems right to him. But a wise man listens to advice. A foolish person just keeps hitting it keeps getting stuck in the parking lot of life, and they make no progress. Because it just seems right to him to just keep doing the same thing, to keep living the same week and month and year over and over, to keep making the same choices, to choose the same attitudes. And it just seems right. Why bother changing my plan? It seems right to me. The difference is a wise man, he listens to advice, they, there's a benefit there. But unteachability, it takes different forms. So here are the three forms it takes. Number one is it, an unteachable person flat out ignores instruction. Proverbs thirteen eighteen: He who ignores discipline comes to poverty and shame, but whoever heeds correction is honored. Most often we do this when we just check out. When instruction is happening, we just check out or we just start talking or we start working on something else. It might be like you come to church and you're like, finally, I've got an hour to just focus on some things. And so you pull out your 
your to-do list for the week. You're having meaning to get around this. I finally got some, I got some peace and quiet from the kids. I don't, I don't have anything else to do right now. And so we start working out grocery list, task list, a list for the spouse to work on. You know, we start writing notes to a friend. We might, who knows what we'll do, but we'll do anything but engage in instruction. If, we, if we're not teachable, we might just flat out ignore it. It's coming our way, but it's, we've somehow managed to just dodge it. We're like the matrix. And we, just, we, we're not, we can't be touched. We're just flat out ignoring the instruction that's coming our way. Actually, that's more like the second thing is resisting instruction. I guess that would be more the, uh, the matrix. Proverbs 29.1. Resisting instruction is a man who remains stiff-necked. This is Proverbs 29.1. A man who remains stiff-necked after many rebukes will suddenly be destroyed without remedy. Now, the picture of this stiff-necked person is, is a person who probably just stays at a distance from people, has a lot of surface-level maybe relationships. There's nobody really close, and so they resist advice. They resist instruction. It's, you, you just keep a stiff neck, meaning I'm not going to yield. I've got my way. I'm not, they can't change me. They can't talk to me about that. They can't, I'm, I'm in charge. Nope. You know, some re- instruction comes, some advice. Nope. I just stiffen my neck and I refuse. I, I kind of stiffen my neck, maybe my whole body, and I just kind of refuse to receive anything in life. In wrestling, I, in high school, I wrestled, and one of the things we worked on, our coach always worked on, was strengthening our neck. And so one of the exercises we did is we'd lay on a bench press, bench, we'd hang our neck over, and we would just work our neck just like this. And you just do this forever. <laughs> and you'd be like, man, this is stupid. Well, after about 30 seconds and your neck is burning and you can barely do it, you realize, wow, I need to strengthen my neck because this really hurts. Or we do these other things where we'd get on like a bridge with our legs and our neck, and I'm not going to demonstrate because I'll really hurt myself on this hard floor, but... And we would spin from our from one side to our back, and but we'd never touch our body. We'd just use our neck and our legs. And the idea was to strengthen your neck because in a wrestling match, your neck is very important because as you're wrestling, the guy's trying to whip your neck down to take you down. Or if he does take you down, he wants to use your neck to manipulate your neck to turn you over. And so being remaining stiff-necked and keeping a stiff neck is really important at the right time. When you don't want to yield your back like that, that's really important. But in life, when instruction is coming our way for us to stiffen our neck, that's very, very dangerous. Look at the warning. It can be devastating. You know, many rebukes coming, but this person who resists that, suddenly destroyed without remedy. Meaning you can't fix that. There's just devastation. Another form of unteachability is just rejecting instruction someone instructs you someone tries to begin to to speak to an area of life with you and you just reject it you scorn it look at what proverbs 13 13 says he who scorns instruction will pay for it but he who respects a command is rewarded scorning is i take offense to what you say and i may not tell you but i sure am thinking about how much i don't like you right now so i just kind of i just kind of shut my mouth but in my mind and in my eyes, I'm just firing darts at this person. I'm imagining them and their picture on a dartboard. And I'm just, mm, mm. who do you think you are? What gives you the right? And we start scorning, not just the advice that they're giving, but the person themselves. We just reject instruction. We, we may respond with a comment or we may just internally respond 
with all sorts of comments. But if we never change our approach, or if we never change our attitudes, we just keep taking the same lumps in life. But there, there is a better way than just learning by taking lumps. Here are some of the benefits of being teachable. The first benefit is, and take a look at this list yourself and, and figure out if you think it's worth it. But the first one has to do with long life. Life expectancy is connected to teachability. If you want to live longer, you should learn to be teachable. Not that the teachability is like a sip of the fountain of youth, um, that it's a guarantee to prevent you from dealing with the effects of sin and this fallen world, but there's a connection between teachability and long life. It's not just in this verse we'll look at, but it comes up over and over throughout the wisdom books of the Bible. Proverbs 3, verses 1 and 2. The writer says, My son, do not forget my teaching, but keep my commands in your heart, for they will prolong your life many years and bring you prosperity. I I want to experience a long life. I'm in my mid-30s, and I don't have that much authority on long life. I can't from first-hand experience say, Look, I'm, I'm this old, and I, you know, if I was much older, maybe twice my age, then maybe I could give a story or say something so what I figured is, why not share a story or a, a statement from someone who's twice my age? And so this is a quote from the, a wife, uh, the wife of uh, Pastor Stuart Briscoe, who was once the pastor of the largest church in Wisconsin. He is now retired. He's in his 80s. But his wife wrote this book, Mastering the Disciplines for a Rich Spiritual Life. But she's examining Paul's statement, Apostle Paul's statement in Philippians 4, where at the end of his life he makes a statement. So look at what she says. In his final chapter of his letter, he, Paul, writes, I have learned to, dot, 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 it's, I've learned to be content, is the verse in Philippians 4. I've learned to be content. I have learned to. She says, though nearing the end of his life, he's still learning. How about me? Am I still teachable? I wondered as I began writing this last chapter of my book. I don't know how old the apostle was, but I know how old I am. I am 72 years of age. It would be tempting to think, surely I can coast at this point of, and live off of the wealth of things I've already learned about Jesus and His love. It takes humility to stay teachable. There's something to learn every day of our lives, but we will not learn it if we're not developing the spiritual art of teachability. And this is a lady that now is in her 80s, and <clears throat> but she's learned to just be a learner through the years of her. And the older we get, the more important the teachability is. Because you want to finish well. It's, it's very important if you're young, but the older you get, you want to finish well. You want to leave a legacy for those who are coming behind you. But that's just one of the benefits of teachability. There's a long list here. Second one is good life and health. You find that in Proverbs 4, verses 20 through 22, where Solomon points out the fact that life and health are attached to health to a whole man's body at the very bottom there, verse 22. Attached to teachability. He says, don't let these words out of your sight, but guard over your life. Another benefit, the next one, is peace and protection. This is something we want, peace and protection in life. Proverbs 6, 20 through 24 reads, My son, keep your father's commands and do not forsake your mother's Bind them upon your heart forever. Fasten them around your neck. Now these, for parents, you may have said these words, do not forget what I'm telling you. This is important. Focus. That's what Solomon's trying to say here. Verse 22, when you walk, they will guide you. 
When you sleep, they will watch over you. When you awake, they will speak to you. I love the picture throughout the day. The teachable person is directed through the insights that they've gained from those who've been passing them down. He won't say, he or she won't say, I had no idea. I had no idea that that was going to happen if I did that. And the teachable person says, well, they told me if I A plus B equals C, and, and sure enough, I didn't do that, and I steered around that. See, the picture here is throughout the day. It's like they're moving throughout their day, and they're being guided. They have options, and they choose this path. They go through this. There's options. They choose this path because peace, you know, they're living a life of peace and protection through teachability. When they go to bed, it's watching over them. When they wake up, you know, you see that this teachable person just, I mean, I think the most peaceful moment of most of our lives is when we're sleeping. You walk up to, a, a, you know, like my children, I'll see them sleeping. Ah, so peaceful. That's so peaceful. But the picture here is one of real peace that it, we experience through growing more teachable through our years. He said in verse 23, For these commands are a lamp. This teaching is a light, and the corrections of discipline are the way to life, keeping you from the immoral woman, from the smooth tongue of the wayward wife. He's trying to warn his son. Also, another benefit is prosperity. Whoever gives heed to instruction prospers, and blessed is he who trusts in the Lord. Proverbs 16.20 So much of the good that comes our, own, comes our way flows through teachability. It just flows through this past. And then another benefit at the top of most of our desires is this. It's honor. We all want to be honored. We want to be respected, admired. Proverbs 13.18 says that comes through teachability as well. He who ignores discipline comes to poverty and shame. But whoever heeds correction, they, they receive it. They stop. They apply it. They heed correction. They're honored. Teachability, that's the pathway to honor. If you want to live a long life and a life of honor, leave a legacy, then it comes through the, the, the path of teachability. Wisdom is the last benefit. Simple definition of wisdom is doing life God's way. How do I do life God's way? Verse, look at the second verse in, in the outline, Proverbs 19.20. says, listen to advice and accept instruction, and in the end you will be wise. The truly wise person has a track record, just teachability, through the years. Now these are the benefits. And if they're not enough to convince you, then you might just keep doing the same thing you're doing over and over and keep hitting the same problems or hitting the same wall or being stuck on the same road that's just jam-packed. You feel like I'm not making any progress. But the truth of the matter is the quality of your life and the length of your life may be drastically impacted if you ignore this attitude of teachability. Take, for example, uh, this picture, the dodo bird. This is the dodo bird. It's an extinct bird that was once living on an island to the east of Madagascar in the Indian Ocean. And it has become the picture in popular culture to kind of symbolize something that's headed for extinction. And so some cartoons have used the dodo bird in order to illustrate points. But uh, Looney Tunes, the cartoons, they use this bird who, who had very little, if any, real sense to, to to show the idea. So I want to show you a video clip from Looney Tunes. And look at the connection to the unteachable person and this dodo bird. Why, killer, what are you waiting for? Get a move on. Get going. Scram. 
Unteachability, just ignoring what he's being told. He's resist. Nope, 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 nope. He's resisting. He kind of rejects it and almost scorns it when he turns around. You know, kind of dishonoring the one that's trying to give him input. He just does what he wants to do. He locks onto his plan. And the scientists have studied. Now they're extinct, so we don't have a dodo bird in order to be able to to show all this. But science, scientists have studied the bird and. And they believe that the dodo bird was entirely, entirely fearless uh, of humans. And that fearlessness would just make them easy prey for humans. They would apparently, they were unaware of the harm they'd put themselves in, and so they didn't realize the immediate danger they would find themselves in. So they'd walk right up to a human and then, doink, you know, dinner for the sailor. And so the, it was a dodo bird. Eventually led to it, its extinction wasn't learning wasn't learning didn't see this is in life we need to learn we need to grow so how do we how do we do it as we walk through this brief list i want to encourage you to maybe circle one or two areas that you'd like to get started on so the first one is this start accepting instruction and commands you can grow by just starting to accept the instruction that comes your way like proverbs 4 verse like they say my son pay attention to what i say listen words do not let them out of your sight keep them within your heart for they are life to those who find them and health to a man's whole body and what i find is that this varies the way that people pay attention and listen closely varies from person to person you might be the kind of person that when instruction is happening you take vigorous notes you're just notes 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 you're writing things down that you're going to look at later some people if they write notes you get what you get distracted from what the guy's saying and so you don't write notes because you need to like grasp the whole thing and then maybe you jot down a key idea you know, at a certain point. Whatever you're doing, though, is, uh, it's important that you pay attention, that you, that you listen closely so that you'll remember. You, you won't forget. Sometimes I'll be instructing my children and it'll be like, they'll forget the key thing. They'll remember all these little things, but they'll, get, they'll forget the most important thing. And I, you know, and... And I'll do this in my own. Oh, I forgot the, you know, I'll forget the most important thing. They said, don't forget this, I'll forget that thing. And so this is different. How do you learn best? How do you pay attention? You, you'll know more than anyone. But the key is listening and then not forgetting. Another way to grow in this is by not not talking. When someone's trying to give you instructions or advice, it's, it's not talking. When instruction is, is going on, try to really focus. The wise in heart accepts commands. Proverbs Proverbs 10.8 says, But a chattering fool comes to ruin. The chattering fool just never stops talking, always has a comment, doesn't accept instruction because he or she is not quiet enough, you know, long enough to really receive anything. 
Now, this is a problem for most of us, just learning how to say less. This, more instruction can come if we'll, if, we'll, if we'll listen. Another one is not focusing on your own opinion. As instruction's going on, it's real easy to just be thinking about, yeah, that, that's interesting. That really agrees with what, I, with, with what I think about that area. I've been at a conference before. Look at what it says. A fool finds no pleasure in understanding, but delights in only airing his own opinions. I, I've been in a conference before and everyone's standing around talking about how good that was. And I'm like, yeah, it was good. And it really, you know, and I want to add something in, something I thought of. Because I want to have some original idea that, that kind of one-ups what the speaker just said. I don't know if you've ever done that. I'll be the chattering fool, adding a little bit of input. Well, what I've done is I've probably just blocked my ability to get anything out of the time. Because I was so focused on how can I, how can I share what I know about that topic rather than really receiving it and listening and applying. What that does is it causes us to miss out on newer levels of learning. Or another one is just simply obeying, making regular application. It makes room for future growth. If you apply, if you, if you show up to church or if you show up to a small group with a heart that's willing and ready to do whatever God shows you He wants you to do, that's what teachable people do. They show up ready to obey. They show up not just to learn more, but to, to understand something and then to go do something with it. Look at the second thing here. Listening to advice. This is another way to grow in teachability. Listen to advice and accept instruction. And in the end, you will be wise. Advice and instruction, they're our friends. They're not our enemy. We may think, well, that's, it feels like it's an enemy when it's coming. But think back to the last time you got with someone to process a decision that you're making. Just go back in your mind. The last time you were wanting to, to process something with someone else, who, who did most of the talking? Oftentimes, when people come to get advice, it seems like they do so much of the talking, and then you're like, I, they said they want to get advice, but they haven't, they haven't asked a question. Or they haven't taken a breath long enough to really get any input. And really what I think happens many times, we say we want advice, but really what we want is approval. We want someone to stamp the decision that we've already made so that later we can say, yeah, I ran that by Josh or Phil or, or Bob or whoever you go to. And, and, and you're, you're just really what you're asking for is, is a stamp of approval, not necessarily advice. So when you get with people, ask some questions, write some questions down. Think about what is it that I really need to ask them? What is it that, 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 I, that I'm stuck on? Come with questions. Because the people that you're getting advice from, they may have something very valuable. that They may have a way to really help you speed through years of what maybe you've been hitting your head on. So listen, ask questions, take notes, and then pray about the advice that you've been given. Now this last one is this, receiving correction. When it comes, receive it. It's hard to receive any correction we get. Proverbs 17.10 says, A rebuke impresses a man of discernment. More than a hundred lashes a fool. Meaning rebuke or correction, it makes a deep impression on a teachable person. Correction, it, it makes a marked impact on a, teachable, a truly teachable person. It makes a difference. And oftentimes it's just one specific and loving correction or one specific loving or unloving correction may be what we really need to change our life and to change the course that we're going on. 
as opposed to how a foolish, unteachable person can take a hundred corrections and rebukes and it makes no difference. They're just going to do what they are going to do because the fool already has decided that it's, it may just makes sense in my own eyes. It just makes sense to me. And I've already decided this is what I'm going to do. And so it doesn't matter how many people come up and give advice or try to help me get off the course that I'm on. It doesn't matter. The fool just keeps on going. The scary part of that is, you know, Proverbs 29.1, a man who remains stiff-necked after many rebukes will suddenly be destroyed without remedy. There's a point where we don't get that second chance. And, and we see that, we read about it, we may know people who've experienced that. And so we want, God wants us to experience a different way. But this is where it starts. Instruction, advice, and correction. Instruction, advice, and correction. They're our friends, not our enemies. I want to encourage you to pick an area of your life that you'd like to really grow in. You might consider, what is that area I'm currently losing sleep over? When I wake up in the morning, what is that one area that just draws anxiety out of me? It's, that's probably the area that God is saying, this is the area you need to grow more teachable and this is the area you need to get advice in. Do it now. For me right now, I want to invite the band to come up and the ushers, you go, go ahead and get prepared to receive this morning's offering. For me right now, the area that I'm really trying to work on is my parenting. Time is flying. My kids are getting older. My oldest is 10 and I just recognize this is going quickly. It's, I blink and years pass. And so I'm reading, I'm rereading. I'm asking advice from my mentors, and I'm trying to listen to what they say. If people give me input, if people correct, I try to listen. It's, it's difficult to listen. It's difficult to not react to people's input. But the reactions that I may put up may shut off the flow of input into my life. And so I encourage you, whatever it is you sense God's trying to help you grow more teachable in, don't delay, don't wait. You can't afford to wait. Your children can't afford for you to wait as well. Together, let's, let's take the teachable path in life and experience all these different benefits that, that God speaks of. If you want to take out that connection card, um, kind of finish up filling that out, on the back you'll see there's three different next steps. Pick a verse to memorize or focus on saying less and asking more questions. Or the last one is just seek advice on a pressing decision. I, I'd encourage you, Pick something and just start working on it. Just start asking God to help you with this area. And you may not, maybe right now you're like, I'm not sure exactly what the area is. I would just, as we pray, I just ask God, and even today, I wouldn't just set this aside because, again, this has huge consequences and benefits in our lives. So ask God to help you be specific in, in what He wants you to do. Let's pray together. Father, thank You for Your love for us. Thank You that You loved us enough to send Your Son, Jesus who rescued us, gave us a way to come to know you, and who helped us break through into a real relationship with you. We thank you for the forgiveness that he offers, Lord, that we can have just a fresh start in life. Lord, if we already know you and we're here and we're, we would say, you know, I've decided to become a Christian already and, I, and I'm trying to live life, but I keep hitting the wall and I keep getting stuck at certain things and I feel like I'm making no progress, Lord, then this area of teachability may be something you've just said, this is where I want you to focus. So God, I pray for all of us here that we would not leave the same people, but that we would leave with, with a focus, with a plan, and a commitment to you to get after it in a specific area. Lord, we thank you for your word and the, the way that it speaks to us and the things that we need to hear. God, I also pray as we receive this morning's offering, 
We just thank you for just the way you have provided these past, uh, you know, five plus years for the church. I pray that you continue to do that. I pray you continue to raise up generous givers, Lord, within the body who would help continue to advance the mission that we have as a congregation. Thank you for those that give so faithfully. I pray you continue to bless and provide for them. And Lord, we love you. We ask you to um, just go with us this week, Lord, as we try to put these things into practice. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.